0: Good evening, everyone. Uh, Friends, uh, last weekend, uh, Father Picton was with you, and um, he spoke on uh, the parable that was assigned for uh, last week's Sunday, which um, spoke about the seed, which is God's Word, that falls on different types of soil, meaning uh, it was a a way for Jesus to try and explain the different reactions or responses to God's words and humans. Um, And um, the parable today... Uh, I think essentially is trying to address something that's very uh, uneasy for us. What is this with evil in the world? And uh, why does it appear that God is lenient towards it? And uh, today's uh, parable is almost a flip from last week's. And uh, uh, here the soil is the world, uh, it could be our church, and uh, in that soil all kinds of things grow. And uh, Jesus points out wheat and weeds. And um, all of us have our opinion as to who the weeds are. Some may think it's Father Mark. <laughs> and in ancient times, it's always good just to, you know, I keep a very good sense of humor and um, reality about it. In ancient times, when wheat was planted and started to grow, weeds, uh, we call it weeds, but they knew it as darnel. Uh, darnel is a toxic. Uh, type of thing, and oftentimes it was just in with the seeds, Uh, but um, they would sprout with it, and their seeds were often, as I said, mixed with the wheat and could not be distinguished at first, but the time would come when they could tell them apart. At that point, the roots were so tangled together that if you tried to remove the darnel or the weeds, the wheat would be pulled up as well and damaged. The farmer had to let them grow together. However, at harvest time, the workers uh, would have to separate them because that darnel was toxic to humans. The parable reminds us of an important truth about God, about our church, and about our world. It tells us that God is very patient. Um, That's what the first reading for the book of Wisdom uh, puts forth. You judge God, meaning God, With clemency and with much leniency, you govern us. And I know I can at times be tempted to want it the other way around. We want God to punish swiftly, and we want him to use surgical precision. And oftentimes, there are some who want God to be severe in that punishment. But do we really want God to respond this way? Do we want God to respond so quickly? I suspect we can all look back in our own lives and at times we have sinned and we have done wrong. It's a comfort to know that God is not as impulsive and reactionary as humans can be. I know I can be that way. And I'm certainly thankful that God has been lenient towards me and he has been greatly lenient towards me as I reflect on my life. (laughs) At the end, though, there will be a judgment and a reckoning for every human person doesn't matter if they believe in God or not. It is going to happen. People can slip through our justice system without penalty, but they will not be able to slip through God's justice. And his judgment will be fair, and his judgment will be final. And uh, because that judgment is final, God will sometimes give us in our life warning signs and wake-up calls And those are moments of grace and signs of his love and his concern. So we have a God of second chances. All of us at some time need that second chance. And if we are to imitate our Lord, then we should be willing to extend that to others, give them a second chance. For some, it'll be their third chance and their fourth chance. And their fifth chance, so you're really going to have to have some discernment. This parable teaches us something about our church. All kinds of wheat abound in the church, but there are also weeds. It always was and it always will be until he returns, Jesus. And of late, I've heard, uh, it would be nice to weed out the church from time to time. And I get that in part. However, a church restricted to only the most holiest and to only saints would be a very nice church, but it would not be what Christ intended for his church. His church is not a place just for saints or just to honor saints, but it is also a place for the transformation of sinners. All of us have growing and learning to do. We should be probably be very discerning about final judgment and condemnation than of others. This parable speaks to us about our world, then. The wheat and the weeds both grow, and they both have power. Evil in our world is not just errors, not just mistakes, and not just imperfections. Because evil has the power to destroy so intensely that it certainly has a personal being that drives it. That being is the evil one. Our world doesn't like to talk about Satan. Oh, he's just just a, a figment. No, no, he's not. He's real. He exists, and he has power. He's very much alive, and he very much drives many, many things. But grace also is real and has intense power. It, too, is very much present and operating in our world. If one gets downcast about reading about all the weeds and one only needs to watch the news, (laughs) we should take time to notice the wheat that tangibly shows the work of grace and the presence of Christ in our world. And this is what the owner of the land was doing in the parable. It's his servants that get fixated on the weeds. What do he want us to do about the weeds? What do he want us to do about the weeds? We got to get the weeds. We got to get the weeds. And the owner's like, yeah. calm down. I got this. Let's focus on the wheat here. Let's protect the wheat and let the wheat grow. So we know about the weeds instance, if we do absolutely nothing in the garden, uh, the weeds will show up no matter what. Perhaps they might overpower at times. But what shows the care of the gardener in the garden are not that the weeds are there, but the health of the wheat. It is not the violence, but the acts of goodness and the acts of love that we should see and find as encouraging and signs of hope. Despite the weeds in every time and in every place, there is still a harvest of wheat. People who want to know God, who want to love God, who want to love others, and who want to serve God in this world and ultimately to be with him forever in the next And then finally, perhaps this parable not only teaches us about the very patience of God, even if we may not like it at times, particularly when someone has harmed us, it teaches us some aspects about our church and about our world, but I think it also teaches us not to get so distracted by the weeds that we forget that there is wheat among us, Christian harvests, if you will which is a sign of Christ's ultimate triumph. The wheat, the good in our world, is tangible, and it is a very solid assurance when we forget that there will be a harvest. Despite the weeds, by our Lord's grace, there will be an abundant harvest. The only question left is whether you and I will be part of the glorious resurrection harvest or not. That is your decision to make. It is yours. Make the right one. Make it every day. Because it's an everyday thing we have to choose to do. Amen? So my friends, as it is, we live in a a world that has both good and evil. And for Christians and people of good will, we live with a very uncomfortable tension about patience and tolerance of it. Uh, We do not accept it. We do not have to like it. And there's a whole litany of things I can tell you to do to help to battle against it. But I think it's easier to tell you what you should not do. You do not return hatred for hatred. And you do not return evil for evil. That will never be justified in the eyes of God. But we do what the Master did, Jesus. He returned love in the face of all those things. And you can say, well, he was God. (laughs) Well, you are his children. (laughs) So there's no escaping this. So let us be about the goodness. It is difficult. It is extremely challenging and hard. But it is not impossible. That is the key, not impossible. My friends, quickly, on Monday, we will celebrate St. Charvel. Uh, He is this magnificent saint that most people don't know about. And uh, he crossed the boundaries from the East and the West. It means the Eastern Church, the Orthodox Church recognizes him, and the Western Church does. And uh, uh, he has more miracles attributed to him than any saint at all, period. None of them. I said, and I even checked to see Francis, even Francis of Assisi? Yes, even Francis of Assisi. What is it about this man, this man of God, who surpasses all other saints, meaning through his intercessions, miraculous things God has done. But what is really important, of late in the past couple years, there has been a lot of activity around uh, his site, where his body is at. People of all denominations are coming to be near his, his tomb and to ask for his intercession And walking away with grace and with peace and, yes, with miracles. In particular about this saint, he was known for helping those who struggled with faith, who were opposed to God, who were opposed to the church. Many miracles, miracles have been attributed to him, to the conversion of the heart of people. Perhaps this is why there's so much activity around this man's tomb. Call on him, St. Charbel, when you need that extra. (laughs) And let this saint, through God's grace, help you. Amen?